Welcome to The Refresh from Insider. I'm Rebecca Ibarra. And I'm Dave Smith. It's Wednesday, May 25th, and we're bringing you real-time news. Fresh like live radio, but on demand like podcasts. Here's the latest. At Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas, tomorrow was supposed to be the last day of school. Instead, grief counselors are meeting with members of this rural community reeling from Tuesday's rampage. Meanwhile, authorities have released the names of all 19 students between the ages of 8 and 10 and two teachers who were killed. The 18-year-old suspected gunman reportedly barricaded himself in a single fourth-grade classroom before he opened fire. Officials say he lived in the community and was a student at the local high school and that he was armed with at least one of two assault rifles he purchased in the last week. So what's Washington going to do about it? We have two senators with two very different responses. Connecticut Senator Chris Murphy, newly elected when the Sandy Hook massacre took place nearly a decade ago, took to the Senate floor last night, literally begging his colleagues to pass laws that make this less likely. I understand my Republican colleagues will not agree to everything that I may support, but there is a common denominator that we can find. But if Texas Senator Ted Cruz's comments to CNN are any indication, he's already dismissed any possibility of common ground. You see Democrats and a lot of folks in the media whose immediate solution is to try to restrict uh, the constitutional rights of law-abiding citizens. In Georgia's primaries last night, incumbent Republican Governor Brian Kemp beat Trump-backed challenger David Perdue with more than 70% of the vote, and former football star Herschel Walker won the Republican nomination for Senate. Insider's Warren Rojas says this is a pivotal moment for Republicans in the state. Brian Kemp's camp is very excited. Kemp doesn't have to do a runoff and has a decisive victory that gives him, not Trump, the mandate for conservatives here in Georgia. So he's very excited about that and thinks that uh, Herschel Walker and Kemp will have to join forces if they want to keep the state red this November. Kemp will face off against Democrat Stacey Abrams for the second time in the general election in November. The long-awaited report on Prime Minister Boris Johnson's Partygate scandal is finally here with some damning details. While England was under strict lockdown in 2020, Johnson's staff was living it up with alcohol, pizza, and karaoke. There was puke, people got into fights, wine was thrown at the walls. At one party, a whopping 45 people attended despite the high risk. The report pointed the finger at the leadership in 10 Downing Street without naming Johnson directly. If you like our show, give us a rating and review. It helps and tell people how much you like us. Coming up, we'll talk about street fighters, hooligans and neo-Nazis in one of Sweden's most notorious underground fight clubs. Indiana lawmakers overrode Governor Eric Holcomb's veto of an anti-trans bill, passing it into law themselves. The Republican governor had refused to sign the bill that will ban transgender girls from playing on girls' sports teams. Holcomb says the bill is pointless and will only lead to lawsuits. It's the latest attack on transgender rights at the state level around the country. 
Customs and Border Protection discovered a moth species that hadn't been seen in more than a hundred years. The larvae were found inside some smuggled seeds a traveler from the Philippines says were intended to make medicinal tea. After letting the moth babies grow up so they could be identified, an expert at the USDA says they could have destroyed local ecologies. So close call. Today is the second anniversary of the murder of George Floyd, and President Biden is looking to take action. He's expected to issue an executive order today that would have federal law enforcement agencies revise their use of tactics like chokeholds and no-knock warrants, offering incentives to state and local agencies to do the same. He also wants to create a national registry of officers who have been fired for misconduct. In October 2020, Sebastian Stoitner made surf history when he rode a record-breaking 86-foot wave, the largest ever recorded. But it wouldn't be official until this week. It took 18 months for scientists to actually measure how big the wave was. It turns out that even with all the latest tech at our disposal, wave measuring involves a certain amount of creativity. Experts eventually got an accurate read by measuring Stoitner's leg and comparing it with photos and 3D models. Stellantis, the fourth largest automaker in the world, is announcing plans to open a new EV battery factory in Kokomo, Indiana. The maker of brands like Dodge, Jeep, and Chrysler is partnering with Samsung on the plant, which is expected to create 1,400 new jobs. It's part of Stellantis's goal to sell 5 million electric vehicles by 2030. You remember the movie Fight Club, right? Imagine something like that. Men fighting barefisted, underground, in secretive, anything-goes-style bouts. Now, imagine the vast majority of the participants being neo-Nazis and white supremacists. Well, in Sweden, a club called King of the Streets is contributing to the radicalization of young men into the far right. Karim Zidane has been covering the international illegal fight scene for years. So, Karim, what is this Fight Club, and why does it matter? Well, Dave, King of the Streets, it's this unsanctioned MMA organization that brings together fascists, anti-fascists, Nazis, extremists of all sorts, and regular street fighters to these unsanctioned brawls in secret locations in Sweden, and then they post them on YouTube. And these brawls now draw millions of views online. These are quite secretive. So for the most part, people really don't know the full history of King of the Streets. They've been very good about keeping their cover. I mean, nobody still knows who owns King of the Streets, who's running the show. It takes place in, you know, abandoned warehouses throughout Sweden. And the fights are fashioned really after, you know, the 1999 film Fight Club. And it's found new life, really, because of the glorification of hypermasculinity. It's an escape from this late-stage capitalism that we're in. It's a way for a lot of disenfranchised men right now to sort of rediscover themselves in some very perverse fashion, really. So, you know, as you've written about, the combat is really extreme. I mean, the floors are not mats, they are concrete, and you are not allowed to wear gloves. You can only be fighting barefisted. And really, anything goes. You can punch people in the spine, you can poke their eyes, you can do all sorts of stuff. But why combat specifically? Well, it's really about the glorification and valorization of violence, really. It's this idea that it brings back this hypermasculine ideals around, you know, defense. And it matches with current far-right messaging, as a matter of fact, on the need to really defend nationalism and territory 
you know, preparing yourself for this inevitable, as they view it, inevitable race war mm. that's coming between white people and non-white people as they view it. It's the us versus them mentality. And instead of them sitting at being unprepared for the coming war, they'd rather be trained, ready to fight, ready to arm themselves. I mean, it sounds far-fetched to say out loud, but this is truly what they believe. They claim to be apolitical. We've seen them on Instagram say things like, we welcome everybody to Fight Club. ISIS is welcome. Terrorists are welcome. Nazis are welcome. Anti-fascists are welcome. We don't care. But at the end of the day, Dave, at the end of the day, there's something that we cannot ignore here. And that is the fact that they are still platforming far-right individuals. And that is extremely dangerous. By saying we don't give a damn if Nazis are participating in our event, well, that opens the doors for Nazis to actually participate in your event. So what types of factors in Europe do you think have contributed to this rise in far-right extremist ideology? I think we are generally seeing a, a shift right now in Europe away from democracy and towards authoritarianism. Because once you have disenfranchised groups, young men who do not believe that they have a future for themselves, young men who can't seem to find work, uh, it's easy for these disheartened, disenfranchised human beings to be radicalized. Why? It's really as simple as this. You can't find work. Somebody can tell you, well, you know, this is really not your fault. This is the fault of all of your country letting in all these immigrants who are taking your jobs. Mm. That's just one step towards further radicalization. Once you're able to blame the other for one thing, it's not that hard to fall down that rabbit hole. And the far right interconnectivity with mixed martial arts is only just the result of what's occurring on a wider scale around the world right now. But a lot of the things that you're talking about, which is, you know, fear of a race war, and fear of immigrants, a lot of these things are deeply entrenched feelings that are in America right now. So are you seeing anything similar happening in the West? Oh, I think the vast majority of far-right fight clubs that I've been covering are in North America. By all means, I need to make this very, very clear to your audience, the United States is easily the, the most problematic of all these countries. Far more problematic than King of the Streets is the rise of MMA, as a tool for radicalization in the United States. Kareem, thank you so much for joining us on The Refresh today. It's been a pleasure, Dave. Thank you. Kareem Zidane writes about the intersection of sports and politics. Make sure to follow The Refresh from Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please leave a rating and review. It helps other people discover the show. You can also just tell your smart speaker to play The Refresh from Insider podcast. I'm Rebecca Ibarra. And I'm Dave Smith. Talk to you soon. Bye.